0: Welcome to the Yumiverse podcast. We're your hosts, Jeffrey and Odette. Together we have thousands of hours of yoga and meditation experience.
1: Here, you get to be butterflies on the wall and listen in on our joyous spiritual conversations about how these practices have and continue to transform us. Thank you for joining. I had the best. Oh, I'm so happy. I had the best meditation. I'm, I was okay with you being delayed because I was doing yoga and I was, oh, I felt so good. I still feel so good. There's nothing all, like Maybe, it.
0: maybe I picked up some of your energy in the mm-hmm. ether and just, it just kept, I was like, just not tired. I was just, yeah. no, nope. it was like, no tiredness was in me.
1: <laughs> did, did you do yoga?
0: <laughs> no. 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 I got wrapped up in other things and then I was like, yeah, it's too late. And then. I guess I could have,
1: but uh, that's when I do when I it's funny because I was thinking about this last night. I love for some reason when it's really late, I really like doing yoga because it feels like every the energy is really calm, like yes. around me, not just in proximity, but like the whole city or town or whatever. It just feels. Yes. And then I do like it's real slow. I don't know. It's kind of like the same if I do real, you know, real early, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So either really early or really late. And
0: I, I think it was cold. I like didn't. I just didn't want to get yeah. up yeah (laughs) i was like it's comfy here and yeah it's fine
1: yeah okay so we're recording let's uh dive in yeah let's dive in so (laughs) is this
0: episode five already
1: yeah episode five um which i'm excited about because i feel like first off how are you
0: i'm doing great Awesome. I'm excited. I like the number five too.
1: Yeah, me too. It feels, <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning and it feels like it's been so many things for me that I didn't expect. It's given me something to look forward to because I enjoy it so much. I thought it was going to be one thing and end up being in another thing, but in such a beautiful way. So yeah, that's kind of what I've really enjoyed about this. Um, and I'm looking forward to <laughs> all the ones that continue to unfold. So. What I wanted to do is we talked yesterday a little bit, and I actually thought we'd talk about this sooner than now, but here we are and it makes sense. Uh, but manifestation or creation. Mm, my so, favorite. <laughs> yeah. So our actual experiences with it and our awareness of it, you know, either in hindsight and the past when we recognized what we were doing. And, you know, we've talked about this a little bit already. And my personal experiences, when say I was at maybe one of the lowest lows, and then making a decision, and then literally the next day having a completely different reality, and then the subsequent thirty days, and how magical that seemed, um, and then also talking about how it's not necessary to have to go into these, you know, low states of being to then have to to let go of that resistance, and then you know attract. And
0: yeah, and like ricochet into yeah. this amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. Because of that contrast, is that what you mean?
1: Yes, exactly. So there's been a lot of things it's been and I thought about it this morning there's been a lot of things in my recent experience that I could even refer to as manifestation or even instant almost manifestation and you and I've talked a lot a lot a lot about this and even yesterday we talked a little bit about some of your experiences and I was telling you how much I loved the story that you were telling me in particular so I would like to start with that I would like to start with maybe something it doesn't have to be the story you told me yesterday but mm-hmm. but maybe Things that you have manifested in the past and how it happened.
0: Wow. I, um, I started this practice, this, this practice of watching my thoughts and, and choosing my thoughts deliberately and then just observing my 3D reality to see if to really test in a scientific way, like if there was any relationship between what I was thinking, what I was feeding with my mind and my feelings and what would happen. And I wish I still had it, but I was keeping this journal of things that would happen. I would have all these, I would call them successes. And I would mark down my failures too. Like I would say something like, I'm going to see a swan today, or I'm going to see a blue butterfly or something like that. I would write it down and uh, I would mark if it was successful or not and then I would also notice that some things wouldn't take a day. They might take two days or a month or so things that might've seemed like failures could just be on the way. But anyhow, I uh, went into this whole idea of manifestation with more of the scientific mindset. Like I want to test this and see (laughs) And and prove to myself and build faith in my myself that this is something that, I'm actually doing. I think what's important to start out with, though, is defining what we're talking about. So tell me what you think about this. Man- manifestation, when we say that, in my mind, I think people think about something more ethereal, something non-physical. It's like things appearing in, you, in your 3d reality, not like magic, but it can feel like magic. Yeah. So you, you might say to yourself something like, I'm going to see a blue butterfly today. And then you happen to see a blue butterfly that day. Yeah. And depend, depending on how rare that was, it, that would be a manifestation that right. showed up. So that's what I'm thinking. People are going to think when they when they hear manifestation. Is that is that right? Like I think it's important for us to define that for sure. For people. sure.
1: And I could speak about that in itself for a bit because I've played I know, and I, I know. <laughs> because I've played with this too just as much as you have and a scientific sure. and non-scientific way. But what I would define is just anything that you are giving your attention to with deliberate intent. And then witnessing—it doesn't matter how big or how small—and so that's where this conversation will ultimately get to, anyways. Throughout, yes. as we talk okay, about wonderful. this, I already saw that meditation this morning, and I think if just defining it as that right now, as we naturally have these conversations, it will make more sense for people that are listening, and whatever yes. in whatever way that they've already had these experiences themselves.
0: Yes, that's that's a wonderful, yeah, that's a wonderful clarifying. And I wanted to say
1: one thing. (laughs) You said you used to write down in a journal. Well, we have the perfect journals. Now. I
0: know we do. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about that at the end of the podcast. All the different places that we've created for yeah. all of our creations. Yeah. But going back to your question, so I realized that manifestation was a thing. It was a practice, a conscious practice that I could participate in a couple years ago. I remember really practicing it when I was in my yoga therapy program. And I would do things like that. I would tell myself, I remember driving to school one day and I told myself, I don't know how, but I'm going to encounter a swan today. And, you know, it it didn't seem something that was out of the realm of possibility. It's not like I said, I want to see a spaceship beam down with aliens come out dancing salsa like it wasn't <laughs> it was like a swan it's something it's yeah. like I know swans exist it's I i don't see how a swan could just show up at school it was like probably winter um I just it didn't seem like it was that likely but I wanted to try it anyway and so I, I kid you not I, and I didn't say see I just said I'm going to encounter a swan and that day at school we went outside and we were teaching each other meditations and and breathing practices in those meditations. And I was sitting in front of my partner in a meditation and she was guiding me. And she said something like she was guiding me to feel my breath. And then she said, you know, notice your breath going in and out like graceful, like a swan Uh or something like that. And I remember my face just like lit up in this giant smile because it was, You know, less than probably six hours after I said, I'm going to encounter a swan. And then. In in the most um, unpredictable way, I wasn't expecting it. My meditation partner brings up a swan in reference to meditation, because it probably wasn't likely, at least in my mind, that I would see a swan out there. Yeah. But anyhow, I count I encountered one fairly quickly. So that built my confidence that this was like a, a thing and so I kept practicing things like that and I kept a journal. And I also started to realize that I would manifest things I didn't like too. So yeah. which was which was a longer process, like the way my relationships were, things I would perceive as bad. I was started to realize that, okay. I'm not just creating these things like I want to see a swan. I'm creating how I feel. I'm creating my friendships and how those go. And that that took some unpacking for me. And there were some stories I was telling and hurts and ego stuff that made that a longer process. Yeah. But anyway, maybe during that time, there was another just desire that I had. And I feel like desires are what really plant seeds for manifestations in general. Yeah. And so I had this desire, I told you yesterday, to do a photo shoot, because I do a lot of yoga photo shoots. I wanted to do a photo shoot with this well-known yoga photographer named Robert Sturman. And he would totally laugh if he, if he heard this. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell him that I'm talking about him. And yeah. he's, he's, he has no idea. <laughs> I wanted to shoot with Robert Sturman, and I wanted to be on the cover of Yoga Journal. And at the time, I just knew I wanted those things, but I really didn't see how those things were going to come to be or if they could be. I remember looking him up and he lived across the country and I was like, I don't know, that just seems like not something I want to do. I don't want to fly out there and invest all this into this photo shoot. And I I just let it go. It was just a desire that I had. And I forgot. I forgot about that. I kept doing photo shoots. I kept taking my own yoga photos. I was satisfying that desire in other ways. And it's not like that was even a big deal. If I ever shot with him, it was just something I wanted. And then two years later, I got a message on my Instagram from Robert (laughs) Sherman. I was, I was following him. We hadn't had any interaction. Maybe I'd liked some of his stuff, but really nothing, nothing at all. He messaged me on Instagram he said, hey, I happen to be near you for this random situation that's happening. Would you like to shoot together? <laughs> and I, I didn't really put it together at that moment that that was the thing I had plant the seed, planted the seed for before. Yeah, But I was like, yes, of course. And so we met up. We had an amazing shoot. We spent the whole day in an area near me. I didn't have to fly out to him. He flew, he flew to where I was. We shot all day. And you know what else? (laughs) Robert Sturman, uh, as far as I understand, works pretty closely with yoga journal. And he submits a lot of his beautiful photos to yoga journal. And uh, (laughs) a couple months after that fun shoot that we did, he messages me and he says, Hey, I'm going to send, I'm going to submit a few of our photos to yoga journal. Uh, to see if they'll make the cover just so you, just so you know, and are you okay with that? And I said, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And you know what? It felt so natural at that time. Yeah. It was like not something that felt outside of reach. It just, it was like, sure. And I didn't really care if it happened or not, but lo and behold, I think, I don't know, a month after that, he told me that the photo that we took together was going to be on the cover and is on the cover of one of the uh, yoga journals um, in France, like <laughs> one of the the editions in french. So, so those two things that I wanted to be on Yoga Journal and to shoot with Robert Sherman totally manifested in this fun, really fun, effortless package for me. Yeah. Um but that one like I like I was saying it took it took more than a day. It took it took 2 years without me even thinking about. It. I didn't even lift a finger. All I did was follow Robert Sherman. I knew what I wanted and I just Was doing what I wanted anyway.
1: (laughs) Right. And I love that. that, That's
0: a manifestation with more pieces. Like the swan, it was like pretty simple and immediate. The photo shoot with Robert Sterman, there were more pieces. Yeah. But nonetheless, it still came into my experience in that same effortless way that I couldn't have anticipated.
1: Right. And I love that so much because it's to me, both of those stories really related are. As you were developing this awareness of self and your true power, your true nature. And the reason I love this story so much is because the swan thing, for example, that was something as you began to play with it that you didn't have a lot of resistance to because it wasn't that big. It was, I, I want this, I'm testing it, but it's not so far out of my belief that I, it can't happen.
0: Right. The aliens beaming into space. It's salsa Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: And so it's like you are just at that edge of what you could believe or what you could allow yourself to, to witness and then still be, you know, somewhat surprised by it, perhaps, which is what you were, which is why you were smiling.
0: Yes, I was delighted. It yeah. was I, I wasn't expecting to hear it, you know, but I didn't I didn't exactly. specify I could have been specific and I still think it would have happened, but I didn't specify I'm going to visually see a swan. I just said I'm going to encounter it, whether I see it on someone's clothing or someone will say it. It was really just a way for me to test this idea.
1: Right. And I think it's because you intuitively knew as well that if it was too specific, you may have had too much resistance to allow. I might have been looking experience.
0: for it. I, I think I would have just constantly been looking and wouldn't have let it come in its own way.
1: Yep. And then the bigger win. So there is no difference between the bigger story with shooting with Robert mm-hmm. and uh, you know being on the cover versus seeing a swan. There is no difference. The only difference is the belief factor. And that's what I was talking we've talked about before in previous episodes of if you can find whatever process to get to any belief system, it will become a reality and I talked about that a little bit before, and in my stories, some of them have been a little more extreme because, like I said, they've maybe some of them have been at least in the past I had to go to a certain level to then, as you said, ricochet back to the other side. but I've also not I've also done the opposite of that too, where I just had beliefs that just would manifest instantly and i've talked about instant manifestation and you know for me having these conversations like this uh people hearing them and hearing the stories the real stories allows them to then extrapolate from that where, where they're at where they might believe currently and then what's possible for them or at minimum at least just playing with it yes. you know because i talk about this a lot how if people realize how much they're creating the more people are actually creating their life experience, the less people are reacting and creating these and manifesting these things from like you, you were talking about from this reactionary place, which energy flows slower in those states of being, but it's still manifests regardless or nonetheless, I should yes. say. Yes, yes. And, and that's why I'm always so adamant about people understanding who they are, because that's to me really where change happens, you know, not telling them what to do, but just telling them who they are and showing them what they're capable of. And then- they, by being it and, you know, influence others and so on and so forth to do the same.
0: So when you say who they are, what, what do you, what do you, I don't think we've ever talked about that or define that. So when you say, I want people to know who they are, like who, who are people, like who who are they?
1: They are their own creators. A lot of people think that everything is happening outside of them, you know, and they give their power away to their circumstances or their current beliefs or even religions. And there's nothing wrong with these things is if, if they serve them until Until they don't, (laughs) you know, and then when they don't, it's when they are maybe in a victim mentality or they're not happy or whatever it may be. But as I talk about all the time, life is supposed to be joy and love and fun all the time. Not saying that you don't have moments of contrast or moments that seemingly are not of desired situations, but they're not supposed to last very long. It's just supposed to be for clarity.
0: You had said, I remember us I talking about some of these stories, these real things that happened. And you said something like, Well, I feel like I came into this life really knowing that I was a creative individual that I am create my world yeah. in response to me telling these stories where I had to go through this process. It, it felt like to convince myself and to really test it for a, like a, a good a year or even two of the things I was talking about journaling and really like convincing myself that I was powerful and had an effect. But you had right. said something like I came into this life and I I knew that and that showed in your recounting of your childhood experiences, because as children, children, at least this is what people say <laughs> <laughs> when you're, when you're developing, especially between those periods, between like infancy and six, you absorb, you absorb whatever impressions are made on you from your family, your culture, yep. uh, really strong feelings. You have that dictate who you're, who you are at a subconscious level. Um, but you, said, like, you were told you were going to be sick, you were going to have to take all these medicines. And you were just like, no, I yeah. know that that's not correct. Yeah. And so there, there could very well be people listening. And maybe I don't know if you've encountered anybody else who's like that and just knows and is here to really teach People in my experience, though, I've had to really test it and convince myself over time.
1: It's because, and I feel like I, if I had a term for something that I'm about to refer to, and that is how I've seen things, you know, I talk about meditation and how I see things. You know, I've, I've seen this, I've said this numerous times, and we've even explored a little bit, I think, last time about how those experiences are. But there are times where I see how everything is perfectly balanced. And what I mean is how. Everyone comes in to have certain experiences that overlap with others that are, we're teaching each other. And so for me, when I was spending that year where I was trying to understand everything, because I just couldn't make sense, why was my life always so extremely amazing? And then sometimes seemingly the opposite. And so what I saw is that Some people come in because they know they're going to have these intense experiences to learn from them in a very powerful way to then show others that are asking, maybe not in such intense ways. You know, yours wasn't, your experiences haven't been that intense, but Mm -hmm. there was a desire within you because the experiences that you had to learn more about yourself versus say an experience like me, where it was kind of Mm -hmm. happening to me, even though it wasn't, I knew I had asked for it before I was actually here you hear people all the time saying that the innocence of this, but it's because we just see things in such a, a small perspective, not thinking that there is more than just, you know, beyond what is here right now, or even that we had mm-hmm. <laughs> consciousness before we were here in this physical body, you know, regardless of what your belief system is or religion.
0: So I want to, can I interject for a second? Because sure. there's something to add, not to change the subject, but to add to what you're saying uh, in a personal way. So my, my grandfather on my mother's side, uh, is a hypnotist. He, a large part of his career when he wasn't in the military or private investigator, he was hypnotizing people. And he's told this story many times to us about being a child. He was, um, I don't even know between five and seven and his, uh, stepfather, uh, just really had a tumultuous relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather got beaten with a thorn bush. My grandfather got beaten with a thorn bush and he's he's told us that story so many times. And he said, you know, it was during that experience that I realized that I had this incredible ability to go into my mind. And he's brought that up, that story up a lot in talking about his hypnosis abilities, because he said, yeah, I just realized I could control my thoughts and then after that experience he was actually able to hypnotize people really without any training and the training was more of a formality right you know so he could like show people his certificates and his right. diplomas and whatever <laughs> um but and you know what else he he has a christian background and he says all the time that th- The experiences that he had, although they were very difficult, he felt like they happened for a reason. He he didn't say that he asked for it, but he has said that about other people's experience. He says, "Okay, well, this is happening because they chose that. And we've brought that up before. And I know that can be a touchy subject, but I thought it was valuable to bring up that really traumatic experience, you know, like because he was a child. He didn't have really any say and it wasn't. Uh, anticipated that, that that would happen. And he actually ended up forgiving his stepdad and, you know, as part of that journey. Yeah. Um, so that's an example of another, not exactly like yours, but the same sort of physical trauma that just happens when you're young. And it's like, <clears throat> I think I said this maybe the last time, but realizing that there's might be something really sp- special for you in that like Always. some amazing ability or something instead of like <sighs> there was this 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 terrible thing that happened to you yeah. um i'll leave i'll leave it there but i just wanted to add that to what you were saying
1: yeah and who you know you've told me that story before but you didn't tell me one component of it that i want to remark on here in a moment and that was about how The certification was more of a formality because I've talked about that in my experience, how there's a lot of things that I do. And then I might do something because it maybe will give credibility to those people that don't understand or give credibility to me to convince others of something because at the heart of everything, and and this is what I was going to talk about, and I'm not digressing at the heart of it, all of these things. All of these things, we can become anything as fast as we're able to believe it, as fast as we're able to believe it. But a lot of people need that action journey to convince themselves. So they need to take the path of action, such as I'm going to become something physical, like a sport or whatever. And then they do the training or like
0: I'm going to be in the Olympics or yes.
1: something and they do the training and the training journey is just enough to convince them that they're able. I'm not saying that the body doesn't need to change that and things don't need to happen, but as fast as they can line up with it is as fast as the physical body will actually manifest it as well. So that training is a convincing. That's a physical aspect of it. Or even education or any of these things that people want to do or become or understand is Honestly, it's just as fast as they can convince themselves in that physical path. But yes, and this is what I was going to say too in the beginning. And that is, and how does yoga and meditation help with this process? But I won't go there yet mm. because there's so many things you've opened up that I haven't got to speak on yet. And I want to go back real quick to your grandfather. And that mm. is some of the first things that happened to me happened to me even before when I was six. I mean, it was literally as a child, as an infant. So it was continuously happening. And when I realized that I was asking for it, it wasn't that I was asking for it in my physicalness. It was something that I came forth knowing I was to experience to then remember, because you can't just come in knowing then there's no journey through the life experience. There's no there's no spiritual evolution. You have to come in without that. And then having those physical experiences through the time space reality allows you to then know those things and to develop those things. I won't go into the depths of that, but that was something I understood a long time ago. And that's when it changed for me in a way that it never was to revert to, I'm not controlling anything that I'm experiencing to the degree that every single moment I know is my manifestation. It is my attention. So I won't speak too deeply. We've talked a little bit about that, but you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a path to that too. There might be people that think I don't have any control of my reality other than what I physically do or what I'm making happen, making happen versus allowing to happen by lining up the energy of it. And you're not going to just in one day show yourself that that's why you're using your example as a perfect situation from say early on to showing yourself what was possible to experience a swan in some way, to then taking a couple of years to then have this desire that popped up within you, which didn't have to take two years. But that was part of your understanding. That was part of your journey to realize and have that understanding of, of who you are. When I keep saying who you are, your power. And I wanted to speak these real quick about my experience just in the last like couple of months. And I haven't worked with anybody in about three months. But what I always do initially is it doesn't matter where they're at. I just take them to where they're wanting to go, because if anyone's talking about, oh, I have this injury or I have this trauma or I have whatever, they're stuck in the past. So I immediately acknowledge and then look forward and I just take their attention to something, say something that has no resistance in anyone's experience. And somebody I could use, for example, uh, was somebody about seven months ago and they had this relationship challenge. And uh, it had been ongoing for a while. And after a discussion, we were going to manifest something Mm. the same day within 24 hours. (laughs) I said, well, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Because if I implant it or if I suggest it, then it doesn't, it seems like it's not them doing it. So I always try to get people to clear in some way and then just, hey, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I don't even necessarily tell them that we're going to manifest it. Because then that's intuitively coming to them. And so they said, rainbows. I said, okay, well, let's talk about rainbows. You know, what do they look like? When do we usually see them? Giving attention to it for a period of time. Not just, oh, rainbows, okay, we're going to manifest that. Now on to the next thing. No, you got to give your attention to it for a bit. And so we gave our attention to it for, I don't know, maybe five minutes. And throughout the day, something would happen. A rainbow would pop up. First, it was like, you know, kind of small. And they're like, oh my gosh. And here's some of the examples. And, and it was like showing themselves, OK, well, that might be coincidence because a lot of people will say, well, that's coincidence because they mm-hmm. doubt themselves and they want to and they want to doubt that possibility initially. And so what had happened at first was this person was on Instagram and they had opened Instagram and somebody had just posted a rainbow. And then at the same time, somebody went live and said going live and they posted rainbows. So they open Instagram and within 10 seconds, I see a rainbow picture. And then somebody went live with a notification with rainbows. So that's a big coincidence, but the person was still a little bit skeptical and like, oh, this is crazy. They took a screenshot, sent it to me. And then something else had happened with a rainbow that they saw, like at the store. And then finally, at the end of the day, her daughter had a friend over. <laughs> and they were like, hey, can we draw? We want to color, make you a picture. And so she said, sure. And she got them, you know, either crayons or map colors or whatever, and some paper. And then the girl, Her friends, uh, or I'm sorry, her daughter's friend came to her and said, Hey, I drew you this picture. And she handed it to her and it was a rainbow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like, it's like your mind saying, Do you not get it yet? Like, don't you get it yet? Yeah. Here's three. But here's there's more and more. That's amazing. I love that.
1: And the reason, and I told her, I go, children are very tapped in. They're following their intuition all the time. And so, and she even told me that the Little girl said, originally, I went to go draw an angel, but then I changed it to a rainbow last minute because she had that impulse that was coming from broader perspective, which was coming from the universe or God or whatever one wants to call it. That connecting source that we were all a part of that I always refer to as the benevolent source because it's love. But that showed to me two points that I was trying to make with her is that we're all connected to this source. And when we're tapped into it, we've all fall into this perfect harmony. There is this potential for harmony. And that's why when we're in these higher states of being, we seem like we're harmonious with everything around us because we are. And then when we're in these lower states of being, it seems like everything's resistant around us because it is. And so it doesn't matter. We don't have to do anything other than just line up ourselves with harmony in these practices like yoga meditation, which is what I was going to get to eventually. Um, and so for me, that's really where people want to be because they don't want to be in resistance, making things happen and forcing things and all of that. They want to be flowing. They want to be flowing through life. Um, here's one other story I wanted to tell real quick. And this is super short because, you know, I, I've talked with you personally about how much I've shared with say family or other people from my past that are less or more resistant. I should say to hearing these things over the years (laughs) that I've shared it. Um, but at Thanksgiving, I was going to leave. I was at my parents and I was about to leave. And then my father made a comment. Uh, he was sitting with my uncle and they're like, oh, you're going to leave. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, you want to come over here and talk about lights? <laughs> and I was like, OK. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, OK, you know, I was like, if I'm being asked something, what I'll do it. You know, and so I went and sat with him and my uncle and my uncle had just given him this light band that goes on your forehead that's leds and he's like yeah i saw it on something and i bought one for myself and it was so nice that i bought another one and it came with another one for free And i don't know he was telling the whole story and so i was like all right we're talking about lights and so i started talking about leds and the history of leds and then we got into street lights and i started talking about street lights for a long time and there's a street light that's outside of my parents house and my parents have lived there for 30 something years. And I started talking about when I was a kid, how it would burn out. And then I talked about how we would throw footballs at it sometimes and actually knock it out. And then we would talk about how quickly they would replace the light whenever we would knock it out or when it would go dark, that it would really be literally be replaced within like one or two days. And then my uncle, because he used to work for a electric company, like electric service provider, like a uh, encore. He he used to, he's very familiar with the types of lights. And so he started talking about the types of bulbs that are in light fixtures of street lights, not just now, but historically, back 40 years ago, 20 years ago now, the cost of LEDs, how often they have to replace them. Like we were talking about streetlights for five to 10 minutes, a long time. <laughs> like no one wow. talked about so, but then. And I didn't even know this until a couple of days ago I was talking to my parents. And the main point of that whole story to me was we used to knock out the lights. They burn forever. They burn for like 30 years. And my uncle was even saying that when they replace the lights, they're so much brighter and people don't realize how much they dim over time. Mm. And so I went to my parents' house and I came inside. I said, this, it's so bright out there. And they said, yeah, the streetlight burnt out three days ago and they just replaced it the next day. And that was two days after Thanksgiving. (laughs) And I said, do you remember talking about streetlights and how they burn out and how quickly they replace them? Mm -hmm. And then he was just like, yeah. And I was like, (laughs) and what do you think about that? (laughs) But that streetlight had not been burning for 30 years. They've replaced that streetlight multiple times. Yes, yes, yes. So it was well within its lifespan. It didn't just burn out randomly. And so, you know, that's the point. It was the most attention I've given to any particular subject with, say, people in my family, especially my uncle and my father combined. And then there it was two days later happening. And so for me, it's because I've shared this with with people in the past and they just can't accept it. People that aren't asking, people that I'm like almost trying to assert it into their experience in some way, which you can't really do. Now, this is years and years. I've been telling this stuff to, say, family members or old friends. And it's almost as if this was finally the time where it could be seen in a bigger way, especially noticing the amount of attention that we were giving to that particular subject. And then it happening literally two days later.
0: Yes, yes. I feel like um, before people have this idea that their minds might have a relationship with what's happening outside of them or their not just their minds, but their inner experience. They, it's so easy to write things off as like, wow, that's strange. And then to move on, um, to just, uh, to pass over it. Um, like if there's a parking spot and you're like, oh, I really would like a parking spot right at the front of the store. And then you go to the store and someone's backing out of the spot you want. And then it's like, oh, well, that's strange. I just thought of that, but then not, going any further with it just and not creating this pattern of belief really like that's really all my experimentation was for I think was to show myself that this wasn't a one-off this wasn't just some chance fluke thing like there was a a pattern yeah to what I was thinking or deciding or feeling and then what my life would be or show me
1: and so how do you feel and this is what I feel like is really relevant for people. And even myself, as you and I have talked about how we are continuously improving our ability to really, in my experience, line up more with flow, not necessarily being intentional with every single moment. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm getting the car, I want this to happen. It's not like you want to be that way every single moment of every single day, but finding that balance of flow and intention. And you and I talk about that at these very subtle levels of how much am I being intentional and how much am I being... Uh, just allowing. Right.
0: Oh my gosh. Can I say something? Yes. yes. (laughs) So that I had a vision just now pop into my head of playing Barbies with my sister. So my sister would laugh so hard if she heard me say this, she (laughs) might not remember, but I went through this phase as a kid where I really wanted to do that. I wanted to like create every moment of my experience, including playing with my sister. So (laughs) it wasn't the entire time that we played Barbies, but there was like a point at which I would, we would be playing Barbies and I would tell her what to make her Barbie say. <laughs> I'd say, oh, have this Barbie say this to her. And then my sister would say it. And it was almost like I was playing Barbies with myself. Yeah. But with, and uh, she thought it was fine and fun. And I thought it was fine and fun. But eventually we ended up stopping doing that and being more creative with our play. So she could participate. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Because I thought it was fun, but then it really... It stopped being fun because it wasn't playing Barbies with my sister. It was really just me playing with myself and like, oh, you say this and you do that and they do this over here. And
1: (laughs) that is like that is a great story because. I mean,
0: but I did. I was able to do that. I was like, oh, yeah, I can just tell my sister what to say. I know she wants to play and she'll do that. And she did. Right, But um, it's uh, it's more fun to just like it was more fun to just play a game with her, play Barbies or whatever we ended up doing outside and to really let her play too. And to just let, let the fun flow, not just from me and not control every second of it. Cause then it's like that. It's like, where's the fun in that? Where's the surprise, the fun surprise.
1: This perfectly segues into an experience I had. And I'm pretty sure I've told you this and it was about two years ago in a different way. But because I had that experience where, you know, where I meditated for so long, I wanted to then take it as far as I was desiring at least. And it was about a year after that, that I wanted to see how much I could have influence on my surroundings. And I was still meditating a lot. I mean, at least three or four hours a day. And the main point is I reached this place where I was in such awareness of what was going on around me. I could I I knew it was going to happen in real time for 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 to the degree that I was staying in flow with it but it wasn't fun and what I mean is I'd go to the store for example and I could sense feel energy and I could feel different energies of people and things and objects and then what would potentially occur there was like this potential that's always going to happen all the time and say somebody would trip or something and I could sense it and feel it and it would occur. And at the time I was playing around with, am I creating that or am I aligning up with this? Like, how is this happening? And I did this for a month at least. And it would be with people that I knew that was already in my life or in my experience. And I would, I got to this place where I was just observing, but observing from the place that I was wanting to know what was going to happen before it happened. And I was doing that. But then it became not fun. (laughs) It's kind of like what you're saying, but in, in a more intense degree of that, where you were actually saying what to happen or to do. But I was in this place where I was meditating so much that I was just being in the flow of what was already going to occur and just observing it, knowing what was going to happen. And so the reason I share that is because I know what's possible through connecting to these Energy fields is what I referred to them as, but it wasn't fun. and you and I talked about this a while back, how a year ago I was looking for this balance. like I just did that because before all of those experiences, I had no idea. I was the person that was just purely scientific. Whatever was real in front of me, I believed was real and that was it. And then when I discovered this other this other depth and the spirituality of things, then I went to the extreme in that direction, and I did that for, you know a year and a half. And then I was looking for that balance because I wanted just to be joyful and have fun. But then how do I also share what I've learned so that people like myself don't have to be confused in their life? How can they be more in flow with their experience? How can they create more of what they want and not feel like it's work or challenge or struggle because that's not what it's supposed to be. So all of my life experiences were intense. And extreme in these ways from my adolescence to the beautiful times that I didn't know I was creating, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then later on in my life and then even in my exploration of spirituality, the same kind of thing. And that's why when I tell these stories sometimes to people that I've known from my past, they then extrapolate that into their own experience in some way and think that they have to do that. And I say, n- no there's no way I would even want to do those things again that I've already done because it was so intense. I just did it because my desire was there because I needed to understand something that I didn't understand. And that's just who I was. That was my calling. That was what I was intended to do. So then now I can simplify these things and then give other people tools to then at least use them in the way that they need them for their experience. Yes. So then that kind of, segues into meditation and yoga. Yes,
0: I was just going to mention that, that that would be, so those sound like really practical ways to package that for people. If they don't want to or can't, they could, I don't want to say can't, but if in their mind they can't meditate for 10 hours a day or (laughs) for a long period of time or be alone, because I think being alone really helps too, to, um, what's the word, hone these abilities To perceive yourself but yoga and meditation are very accessible things that anybody can do to you know they don't have to get into the intensity or not even the intensity but the process
1: or even cold showers and i talked about
0: we just talked about this we just talked
1: about this last night but that's the funny thing is that and you and i've talked about these things like all these different tools that people use. So for example, cold shower has been really popular the last couple of years. I was playing with that seven years ago, as you and I talked about, but it's just a focusing tool, just like meditation is a focusing tool, just like yoga is a focusing tool, just like working out is a focusing tool. But the more you use these various tools, the more you don't need the intensity of certain tools to do the same thing. Right. And so ultimately what you're wanting to do is to get to a place where, and an and you, well, I was thinking about how deep I could take it real quick, but ultimately what, you're <laughs> wanting, ultimately what you're wanting to do is get to a place where you can just visualize and then believe in your visualization and then allow it to manifest.
0: Yes. Okay. I have something I want to ask. I'm just, I'm thinking about what you're saying. I'm like looking up at the ceiling as you're talking, like putting these things together. I feel like with things that feel intense, like you had very intense life experiences, which really I feel like the mind goes in in those yes. experiences. Like t- at some point there really is no choice with, with these things like, like cold showers. There's like this discomfort at first. Um, it's, it's like a, a stressful thing. Like your body, like when the water gets cold, like there's adrenaline and, mm-hmm. and the breath changes, like it actually changes the way that you respirate. And so it's like, it's like a stress response. And then I think, I think the, the method is to really focus on your breathing in those situations, right? Like if you're in cold, like in an ice bath or cold showers, you you focus in and then you you breathe to um, to basically calm your body's response and to improve how long how long you can stay in the water. But it really is like. The moving inward of the mind and not freaking out and using breath, and, and I was thinking at the same time about other intense things. Like, I think you said, I, I think you said a minute ago, something about sports or physical activity White or running or weight training. So that we could say is, on. Un- it could be uncomfortable too. You said that you had worked last episode uh, with someone who wasn't active. And so everything hurt, stretching hurt, working yep. out hurt. And so there's this discomfort, especially if like you're doing something super intense, like sprinting or you're. Uh yeah, just doing something as many reps as you can and there's this discomfort. Yep. And then it's it's like your focus really is inward on on you and I would say even in those intense situations the the breath is so helpful for not pushing yourself farther than you can although some people obviously do <laughs> and freeze or or get hurt <laughs> Freeze, and, injure, yeah. and, injure, and injure themselves. <laughs> but, but the breath is really that place to take you deeper. And what I, what I like about what you're saying is, is those things are really helpful tools for bringing, bringing something like meditation into every day. Like if you, if you can shower every day, you can turn on the cold water Yeah, practice that. But I think what you're saying is you could just come to your breathing Yep. and still, is that right?
1: Yep because as i've said in the previous episodes the breath is the anchor that is the life force that's why as you mentioned i think in episode 1 as well pranayama is taught in yoga because that is prana the life force br- bringing in the life force into the body and it's also the first conscious controller it's the first thing that we can either take control or relinquish and so you don't have to do something to then connect to that breath but when you're working out because i you know i told you i i Lifted weights most of my life. And I, it was first because I wanted to have more muscle when I was a teenager. But then eventually it became a meditation for me. But I didn't realize that for a long time. But that's because when you do it, you have to breathe. You're literally breathing (laughs) in. Yes, right. On the eccentric and concentric parts of the workout. And so then it became like this way for me to just breathe consciously or intentionally, but it didn't have to be that. And, you know, then when I realized years and years ago that my breath is everything. Then, and I've mentioned this to you, when I was still working out, I could work out and do not even an eighth of what I was doing physically and have better results in my physical body as far as uh, like hypertrophy. I wouldn't even, a lot of times I wouldn't even move the weight. I would just hold the weight. Oh, and yes. Like I remember you mentioning this. Isometric holds or whatever. But all I would do is just use. And even I even got to a place where I wouldn't even use weights and I would just breathe into the musculature and then literally it would still grow. And yes,
0: I've I've read studies. Yeah, where people so a done couple of studies where where they well they they're tested against people who actually lift weights, like physically lift weights yeah. against a group, a group that imagines. Lifting weights. And Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't think in the studies I've read, they told them to do anything with their breaths specifically. That would be a really interesting thing to add. But just visualizing lifting weights repetitively builds muscle, too. So there's something really compelling there. Not that these things aren't fun, like showering is fun. Working out is fun. But I like what we're saying is that it's really within yourself uh, is the potential for. I guess really, really any, anything you want to yeah. or, or do.
1: And the, and to me, the main point, and like I said, and it keeps going back to the same thing and that is balance because if people want to run because it's fun to run, then it do, then run.
0: They should, <laughs> if they're going to be great. They're yeah. going to be good at it if it's fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: And if you want to work out because it's fun to work out, then work out. But the main point is that if people are ever not having fun or they're struggling. And we see this a lot in the things, especially today, what's going on. There's all this reactionary behavior going on and it's not necessary because nothing is just happening. It's all being created. That is the main point of every single thing I ever talk about. Everything is a manifestation collectively and individually. And so why have I been more inclined and wanting to share this in a bigger way sometimes is because it seems to be so prevalent in all of our experiences lately. Because of everything yes. that's happened in the last couple of years. But yes. just because those are happening collectively doesn't mean there's still anything else happening outside of us. It's just it's, it's and this is what I've seen in meditation is that because we were so stratified, we were so separated that things were going to occur to bring us together in a bigger way that transcended any belief system that we had because we had to find some kind of like bigger truth within ourselves. And so that will happen whether it's in a year or five or 10 or 20, I don't know, but the propensity is, is so high. It isn't a certainty. <laughs> Simple as Are that, you, I suppose. Do you,
0: ha- do you happen to be talking about the pandemic in particular? Like uh, the, like the stress? and? Re- I, I know, I know. But you said in, in the last couple of years,
1: yeah, because it's hard to yeah, avoid so you're saying the
0: reactionary nature. And I, I don't think that it's really different and there's always something to react to, but is that, That's sort of what you mean in that time period.
1: And it's also because like, and you and I've talked about this, I don't watch the news. I don't really connect with anything except for maybe like Instagram. But then if I do go out, it's like so prevalent. And then I think how, of course, people are thinking certain ways because it's everywhere almost. And if I don't see anything and I'm not using social media except for Instagram, because you can just follow what you want to and see what you want then it's like, oh, things normal. Like for me, the last two years hasn't been that extreme at all in any way. Especially in Texas, people don't really wear masks. Like it's just, it doesn't even seem like much is going on. And even when I've been in Sedona for two months or so, people don't, so I don't really see those experiences. But then when I do go out a little more and branch out, I see all these things and I hear all these things. And Mm -hmm. so then my desire is to then share more people so they don't have to feel like they're at the whim of everything happening around them.
0: Well, I think it's like if I could say this, um, we're taught that that's human nature to look for things that could hurt you or the things that are stressful and to figure out why they're there and to, how to avoid them and to do like this risk management. So it's <laughs> like, oh, this this exists and this is this, it feels smart. It feels yeah. like a smart thing to do to fill your mind up with these things. And, and I, I can understand that that idea to a certain degree. And then the other part of it is the outside world seems so real. It mm-hmm. seems so separate from you. It's like the things that you perceive with your senses are so convincing. It's like, well, I would like to believe that this isn't this way, but look at what I'm seeing and look at what this person's saying. And, and yeah, it's like the physical world is so hypnotizing because it could, you might see it every day, but then you keep thinking about it every day. And then you're in this loop of fear, this loop of anxiety. And it's just like, a loop that you feel stuck in. And it's like, what is, how could there even be another way? So Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is I sympathize with those ideas that, well, to not watch the news and not be informed and to deny the things in front of me, that seems silly and stupid. Like if someone was thinking about it that way, I could understand that line of thinking. And so, um, but, but at the, The top of it, it's like at the end of the day, it is a choice to where you put your attention, whether or not there's a pandemic going on or not. There are different things you could give your attention to in your own reality. Yeah. On a moment to moment basis that can feed something else.
1: Yeah. Which is why in this in this conversation that we've had already, we talked about our own journey in understanding what it is that we are able to do within our reality and how it was small to then something bigger. And that's with anybody. And so the same thing right now, it doesn't matter what's going on around. Don't try to say that things aren't happening physically around. Just take your attention to something that you want to occur that you don't have resistance on and then show yourself that power and then build it up over time. So for me, it's how do you do that? this is why I say my desire is so strong for this because, um, we care, we do care. You care. I care. We all care. We're all part of that. We're all one and we want others to, to have better experiences. And that's the whole point of being here to have fun and continuously make it better. I mean, it really is that. And, but then we feel like we're supposed to sympathize, like you said, but in doing that, we just stay where that person is. And so there is this balance of understanding and recognizing where somebody is and this is what i was talking about how when i work with people i gave the example it's like okay here's where you're at but i let them take it there only as far as i sense that they need to to feel heard kind of like what you've talked about in previous episodes and then i take their attention to something completely different whereas if you think about like therapists They just listen to the problems over and over, recreating the problems. Or you think about anything in a traditional way, at least Western wise, that's what they're doing. They're focused on what is.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the whole approach is you come in and they look for things that are wrong. It's not it's not even something that we intend to do. But the whole way that the Western medical system is set up is that that you're not looking for things that are already right. (laughs) Watson, I heard that. (laughs) That might happen again. That's fine. <laughs> um, Shoot. Oh, yeah. The medical system. Yeah. It's like that's that, that's just what we're trying to do is to look for things that are wrong because that feels smart because then you can nip things in the bud. But yeah, then you're constantly looking for things that could be wrong. And you're so keep it's a system finding of finding things that are wrong. It's a system of not wellness. Uh,
1: it's a system of. And, and that's the yeah. point of what's happening right now. That is literally the epitome of what has occurred is that we have been trying to control. The external world, as opposed to connect with the internal, that is why this is happening. I saw this even before it happened, and I think I shared this with you before in two thousand and nineteen I was telling people because that was still in the heels of when I was meditating all the time, still at least four or five hours a day, and I was telling people I was like 2020 is a big year it's something's happening and I, and I was like excited about it and uh, <laughs> not to say that you know it 's been what it was but I still could just feel it, and then when it started to happen, I wasn't surprised. I didn't even know it was happening until there was uh, like no toilet or like no paper towels and stuff. And then I think I went and helped my sister move, and they were talking about Corona, and I was like, "What are y'all talking about?" And they were like, "Do you live under a rock?" I was like, "Yeah, (laughs) I do, and I'm happy under there." Um, But the point is, in my extreme experiences of connecting and tapping into these things, other people just need to to do enough to connect with themselves to then create their reality and be in that harmonious state. And then in doing that influence others and others and others and so on and so forth. And this is the, this is why I talk about, this is like the Genesis of awakening because historically, at least as far as we know (laughs) in human history, we've always kind of been this way, very reactionary, but we also are at lower levels of consciousness. And then those people that were of heightened consciousness from the past, like Jesus or Buddha And I just posted something about this yesterday. We're telling us these things, but we were at such low collective consciousness at the time. We couldn't hear it, at least in the way that they, we could even hear it now. And so people interpreted it differently and they revered these people as gods themselves. But what they were just saying is we're doing this where we are the creators of ourselves and our reality individually and collectively. And I, you know, this went a little further than I thought it was but it is related and that is the point point. and if people just show themselves a little bit then they're going to start showing themselves a lot and you can't unknow it once you know it otherwise you're always I mean no one wants to live in a life that they don't understand and that's what my experience was for so long and that's why I went to and had the experiences that I did and that's why I know I was supposed to share this
0: so I'd love to hop. I'd love to hop it. Oh, is that? I didn't know if you were.
1: Oh, I'm done. I didn't. Yeah. I
0: didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I try to hop in at little pauses because I feel like this brought something else to mind—a a true story that I remember being told. And this is—I uh, I was thinking about when you were saying you avoided the news and sympathizing with people versus seeing them in their happiest state. Yeah. And really shifting the idea that you have to have this negativity bias to a positivity bias. And how do you do that? You would ask that question and then you answered your own question. You said, well, how, how do you do that? And I was thinking, well, um, besides yoga and meditation, which are things you could take out of your time and do, you could also just have an attitude. You could have an attitude towards your day. Like, well, if this was my last day, would I want to be freaked out about something on the news or would I want to not spend my day that way. Yeah. And I remember I actually looked it up briefly as you were talking. Cause I wanted to share it with you. It's a true story of this actor. His name, I might butcher the pronunciation. It's Yal El-Towel. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Israeli name, but this actor was diagnosed with a uh, terminal cancer and he he beat the cancer in, in, I think it says about eight months and something he did, he made himself laugh every day. He would watch funny videos that just made him laugh. And he decided he was going to have this positive approach to every day and life in general. And it says here in this short article, he says, I came, I laughed, I conquered. <laughs> and and this other, I'll just read this short little thing after that. He said, There's a big difference between um, a sick person and a person with a sickness. If you define your if you define yourself as sick, it means that the sickness or disease is now part of your routine. So it's like, yeah, even in the face of something like that, he he was able to grab onto his focus. He was like, okay, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to be in maybe what we could call a higher state of being a higher state of consciousness, which is joy, joy, right? He just laughed (laughs) as much as he could every day. I mean, I find that to be a really amazing, compelling, true life story that encapsulates the, the reason why we're talking about this. Like, like all this stuff is amazing. Learning about yourself and bringing yourself to these new places. But also you can, Just have the the, the most amazing day and most amazing life with your with your attitude. Yeah. And these these uh, I think people are impressed by stories like that are traumatic like that. And someone who overcome instead of someone's life, that's amazing all the time, which I think is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) If you're able to create that's impressive to me, too, if you're just happy every day. But I think we're impressed by these Stories of like, oh, yeah, you you had this really terrible thing happen and you overcame it. It's like it makes you want to try what they did. Yeah. So that's why I think you bringing up your experience in the past, even though you weren't sure about doing that was really valuable. And, you know, me bringing up my grandfather's experience, his, you know, relationship with his stepdad and right. This this person's experience. It's like we're just trying to convince people who are listening that (laughs) (laughs) That another beautiful way of being exists. Yes. And it's just within your own, it's in your own reach and your own grasp and in your own body, like your breath, like you were saying. Yeah, immediately.
1: For me, how it all comes together is that people will try to logically understand everything. And so they might say, well, not everyone can be that or not all this. And they'll start trying to figure it out. Like, how is that even possible or how would everyone be that way? And they don't realize that a couple of things happen when you meditate, that you start to first off, everything else doesn't matter because the broader consciousness or God or universe or whatever one wants to call anything is beyond time and space and is orchestrating everything. It's a force. It's not a consciousness, like a person, like a human that's trying to figure things out and place things. It's so beyond comprehension from the human perspective. but. People have to somehow relinquish their their desire to try to understand everything, and in doing that, just focus on their own experience, and then focusing on their own experience and showing them their connection to their reality. That is that first step. The th- this, the, the depths that I've gone to are so extreme. I don't expect really many people to ever do that because they probably won't have that desire. My life experience summoned that desire, which is why I could speak about even far more than what we're talking about right now, but it would be so esoteric. It just be like, what is the point? And so that's why in sharing my story and how we've been kind of progressing in these, it's brought it to a level that's a little more relatable to people and also applicable to how they might utilize it in some way for their own experience. And the main point of it is show yourself a little bit and not focus on everything else. That's the main point. And then as that happens, then your desire to go as far as you want will will occur. But it's really just because people want to feel better or be happier or whatever else that they're desiring to be in those higher states of being or just flow or just harmony or just peace, harmony, peace, love, joy, all of those things. Those are the reasons. Those are the reasons that we're here. So if you can cultivate that, then whatever depth you go to in any of these things, it's just the desire that you have created because of whatever experiences you've 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 led to. But it is always now. And that's why even spiritual teachers that are currently teaching that are bigger, like Eckhart, Tolle or whomever, you always hear about now, 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 because now is where everything's being created from. That's where the energy is flowing. And so if you are flowing now from those higher states of being, then you're keeping that energy moving in that direction but then this is what really happens too though is that people will get caught up in what's manifested this is really at the, the kind of subtler levels is that something will happen and this happens in everyone's experience because the life experience is always pushing us into this deeper knowing that's why i say this is happening for everybody in the relative way but when those things happen people get caught up in them and they might be subtle for some people relatively, like some people, some person might just had a breakup or they lost a job that they had or whatever. And it's like not that big. It's not like they were in a motorcycle wreck head on, but it's still relative in their experience, seemingly really intense. It's because these experiences are to show us the same thing that I experienced or you or whatever anyone is to understand that they are doing it, but they just get caught up in it and they keep recreating it. And that will be for a year or 10 or 20 or even months or whatever, however long. But if you learn how to be in flow and then you are not attached to what is manifesting, you eventually become in this state where you're attached and detached because you're attached to your well-being, you're attached to your love, you're attached to your all of the things that are within you. And you're detached to how it's actually occurring around you and trying to manipulate and control that. And because when you do that, that's the true flow state, because then everything beautiful is always coming to you. But that's the true practice. That's the true practice, because we want things to be what they are when they are feeling seemingly good.
0: Yes. We're impatient. Like I've been, I'm impatient. I was like, when, well, some of the things on my list would be the classic ones. I'm going to manifest a free cup of coffee. And then I'd be like, okay, well, where is it? Like I went through the line and yeah. it, it wasn't free this time. And so, but there's also this part of me, I feel like if I can call it this divine part of me that just wants to expect things to be amazing because life should be amazing. I'm like, well, there's, there's something in me that maybe feels like I can only expect so many miracles in a day when yeah. in reality, when we're in reality, there are so many that I am maybe not aware of. So that's like a shift in my perspective. It's like, well, who really cares about the cup of coffee? I, I do. I think I wanted to have that Barbie doll experience with my reality. Like, okay, reality, you're going to say this to me and this is going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes it wouldn't happen. I have to say, like, I would write in my journal, not just the, the, Quotes in quotes successes, but I would quote um, note down things that seemed like failures, things that didn't manifest in a certain time frame. Like I would I would note those and the successes definitely outweighed the things that didn't work or things were longer in coming. But I think like the impatience and and then if it doesn't happen in a certain time, it's like it's so easy to be. Uh, I want to keep saying that word hypnotized back into your old state like oh, I tried it. It doesn't work whatever. And just like relinquish your control. But at the same time, I think we're talking about like relinquishing control, but having this higher state of being is actually a really powerful place too. Yes. Like being unattached, but not in this like wallowing self-pity victim state. But if you could just relinquish and let, if I can use my own analogy, like let a reality play Barbie dolls with you because it's <laughs> fun when there are things that show up that That are going to be fun, but you might not expect your free coffee to come with a new date or who knows, maybe you get a year's worth of free coffee. I don't know. (laughs) I have to tell you, since I learned, since I observed you, because you and my perception lived in a way that was more not detached. I don't like that word, but you would flow more than I felt like I flowed. And the, there was a day that I really intentionally lived like that. I treated this reality. Like I was like, okay. I'm just going to let everything be exactly the way it is. I'll almost treat it like a game. And I'm just going to be happy and have fun with whoever I'm around. And I won the lottery twice in that day. <laughs> <laughs> I won it twice. And like, it was so fun. And like, it was just a great day. And there was nothing that was eating away at my. My mind. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back. I wrote some other things briefly. I wanted to go back to I you were talking about your the depth that you've been to and yeah. how it might not be relatable. But I still think that would be so fascinating to to pick your mind about in another episode. Because even if it sounds like revelation in the Bible, I think that's still really valuable content like like that. And then um, but at the same time,
1: if you don't mind me saying this real quick. Even in sure. this, in this one thus far, there's been times where I could feel it coming out and I want to speak it. And then I am trying not to take it there yet. Um, and this has to do with our dynamic and I can feel as you and I have not just personally interacted, but also in, as we've had these discussions on these, I can feel where it's moving, allowing it to go there naturally as you know, and I have spoken a little bit in this one, but there is this this desire to speak about those things because I know I had those experiences for a reason because I have, I've shared that with a lot of people. A lot of people have asked for it, like actually come to me and ask for it without even knowing what I had to offer. And so I do have that desire because I do feel like there's benefit for whomever hears it. And so how that comes out, I'm not sure, but I definitely do agree and feel that there is, is value. And even just the things that I can recall, let alone just whatever it is I receive in the moment. You know, and at some point, I would love to do that too. You mentioned before about having somebody call in, but it doesn't even have to be somebody call in. It's just asking questions, and then me being intentionally, be, or me intentionally being into that state. So, how yes. those end up playing out is determined by what our our intention is.
0: Sure. Well, I did make a note of it because I I still do think that. That's something that you want. I think it would be very interesting. It might segue, it might blossom into something other things. I I just think us talking about these relatable things that are grounded in people's lives are gonna help people listening connect with us. And, and like, okay, yeah, and these these things that they're experiencing, like that's compelling. I want to try to meditate. I wanna, I wanna try to see a butterfly today. Like <laughs> let me let me try something. And and then with that, where we are having practiced as long as we have and the ways that we have, it's sometimes hard to remember what it's like not knowing that or being, I know. if I can call a beginner and then these things we're talking about, it, they seem so well, duh, like that, like for sure. But going back to the, the person who's never heard these things before or it's new and having actual things to chew on like real life examples, I think is, you know, something people yes. relate, just, that, that's it. That's it. Plainly relate to. I also wanted to say the, The physical traumas that we were talking about, I learned in my yoga therapy program that these emotional experiences like a breakup, like if there was a significant breakup or losing a job, like for someone that could be that could feel like getting hit. That could feel like studies about the brain. It's been shown that emotional pain, especially like chronic emotional pain, is registered the same or it has the same effects as physical pain on, in your brain, like you lose gray matter in your brain. Like the brain doesn't understand the difference between like an emotional pain and a physical pain. Like it's all the same. Right. So yeah, I just wanted to not just wanted to acknowledge that and not invalidate something like, like, well, if, if someone didn't have something physically traumatic, something like a breakup might've sure. been super cha- life changing for them. And yeah, it's like what, there's so many quotes that are like, where the wound is is where the light comes in or yeah. something like that or or the hurt is the gift or something like that which seems so counterintuitive but for me in my experience that's really been true
1: this is also why I always say it's always relative because it doesn't yes. matter which is why I'm saying somebody who' Even your experience up until now is still relative to what you've experienced. And it's not so different than mine, even though I've had some, I've literally experienced the most pain that anyone can feel in any given moment. I know that, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not different if I had never had any of those things and I lived a luxurious life with, you know, seemingly <laughs> never having any problems, but those problems that I would have would still just be, would be just as extreme to that relative experience. And they're all experiences that we're asking for or that we knew we were going to have to see more and understand more of ourselves. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who it is and where they are. And that's why when anything happens, especially globally and people like, oh, I feel so bad for those people or this group or this or war here that. No, it's all part of it. There's that's why we say there's nothing ever going wrong. We there is a billions of people having billions of experiences that are all completely unique and people try to group things to understand them because they feel like they need to understand the world and in doing so somehow they understand themselves and they're going about it the wrong way. You understand yourself, then you understand the world.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah. And I think it's just that un that deprogramming of putting labels on everything. Cause that's what we do at a very young age. Also, there's a word for everything and things have to make sense. And we categorize things and you are, what do you do? And that's what you are because it's, it's simple for me to understand, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was a, that was a big thing. Like if you had asked me when I was talking about swans and coffee that nothing was ever (laughs) going wrong i'd be like well i can tell you things that are going wrong i was still able to to quote unquote manifest things when i had really limiting beliefs and an attitude i had an attitude (laughs) i was still even you're manifesting all the time like every moment even now so that was a big that was a big thing for me to unpack and for you and i now it's like yeah but for some others it might be like well (laughs) that's terrible but we're really not we're really in episode two me. and i laughed so I know much i, did. I, I know it's it funny when
1: out. we were recording that because everything that was <laughs> going on around me the funny the first few episodes like i've been in so many different environments to, i mean and i've just like you know i have not been meditating doing yoga like i normally do and i am getting more into that routine so it's funny how these episodes are kind of uh correlating with my life experience as i said but eventually i will be more consistently and today is the first time that I actually meditated before we did this but uh You know, you said that in episode two, I think it was, and I didn't really pick up on it. And then as I was, you know, editing it or to upload it, I was hearing it. I laughed every time I heard it (laughs) because I was just thinking about your first experience where you're where you're like realizing, oh, I did this. Well, this is just terrible.
0: Just
1: yeah, not, I just yeah. I just it just tickled me so much. And so I still well, if
0: someone if someone does something that feels like they've wronged you yeah. or they've betrayed you and it, and the circumstances might very well be that way. And you could convince everybody around you that that happened. But but then you might get stuck. You might yeah. get stuck in this loop of of bitterness and resentment and betrayal and you won't forgive. And then it like it like poisons your whole mm-hmm. heart. Like, and it doesn't, you don't even realize it, but then in other relationships, like all relationships are the same one. And so that, that bitterness and that, that jabbing feeling that's uncomfortable comes up. Yeah, It's like, it's like this little bear that wants to be poked. It wants to stay alive. That resentment.
1: Yeah. Um, But that's the whole beauty of it all is that until you transmute it within, you keep experiencing it, which is why people always say, oh, the universe is going to keep teaching you a lesson. It's not, I don't like the word lesson. Because then it implies to me as this connotation, but it's like it's just showing you you the world is just reflecting you. It's not really a lesson. And so when you start to first take wind of that, like you did or I did or anyone, then observing those things, it happens less and less in that victim way. You're then kind of like, okay, well, now I do notice that. But that initial stage that you keep talking about, that's the stage.
0: It is. That's the, the gateway
1: where it's like, okay, now I, ex- I acknowledge this because I've witnessed it and to such a degree that it's irrefutable, like I always say. And yes. then from there, it's just then developing. But there is that initial stage. And that to me is the awakening stage.
0: Yes. It's like the dawning of your conscious mind again. It's like, wow. But it's yeah. um, yes, so,
1: it's absolutely. But I, I, the main point of that is I just feel that uh, if people are listening to this, They're asking and they've been asking and, you know, there might be in different places, Um, but especially once we've got to this episode now, people have listened one through five. They've already started to experience some of this stuff for sure. Yes. So I'm not going to be I'm not so concerned about those people in those places because everything that's happened the last year or two, those people that are in those victim states or not even say victim, but just say lower states of awareness of self everything that's happened the last year or two for them has been really intense. And I know that because of the conversations I've had with them. And so they are looking for answers for themselves. And so they, as opposed to say maybe four years ago are more open to considering these things that are happening. And I was reminded of this uh, about a week ago when I was talking to somebody I haven't talked to in over a year. And they were saying something like people are Tired of this, or they don't believe, or whatever. They were just reminding mm-hmm. me and reflecting to me of people's openness, more so than they've ever been. I suppose because of what's happened, and that's why I was saying this is all happening for a reason. This is all happening for a reason. And anyone who gets, who stays in those other places, you know, just just let them be. They won't
0: forever. They won't. <laughs> yeah. They might for a while. But yeah. but even even though the, I, I felt in myself that at a point in my life where I didn't really have an awareness of what we're talking about. Sometimes the only thing that feels better is to feel betrayed by someone and to feel righteous about that. Like if you don't know some better way of thinking exists, it's almost like it's higher up for you. Like it's uh, feeling angry is definitely better oh, than feeling yeah. disempowered. And so it's like, if that's the highest state, you know, it's so, it's like that you want to stay there and not, it down to being yeah. Pow- powerless, yeah. But then, then I realized being angry at anyone or bitter really just doesn't feel good. Like as much better as that, as much better as it, it, as be- better as it felt than um, yeah, powerless. Being powerless. It yeah. really doesn't feel good. And then this initial stage is like it's like a willingness to be like, well, maybe I can let go of that anger and just try something else. Maybe it's like a willingness to, yeah, to just try something. Knew. And then there's a humility. And in, in, uh, after I manifested so many physical things and then saw these correlations with my life, there had to be that point where I was like, wow, that person who betrayed me, I can see what I did. I can see what I was thinking. I, I could yeah. go back and I wasn't. Reactive anymore? I could go back to that in my mind and be like, "Wow, like I really see how I did that. I really see. it. I thought they were going to do that. I put that thought out there, and I was acting that way.
1: Yes, but
0: yeah. And then it's like that's totally gone. Like you don't have to keep hurting to have these blessings. <laughs>
1: yes, that's you know that's beautiful too because that's that goes back to two when you were asking me about how I how I knew that I created that wreck experience that was so intense, and you were like, "Well, how did you know?" And I said, "Well, it was a feeling first." But I never went any deeper than that, but it kind of is, is pretty much overlaid with what you're saying is that once I then started meditating and stuff, I was then very much aware of, of the thoughts that I was giving my attention to, which didn't have anything to do with the specifics of what happened, but it had to do with these places of being, of, of fear or concern or powerlessness. And then the universe was going to show me that's what I was thinking about. And that's what happened. And then what happened immediately after that? I was in the ICU telling myself the exact opposite. I'm powerful yes. beyond measure. So that's why I'm saying like, that's uh, the perfect extreme it, example of that.
0: Right. It's, <laughs> it's like our friend Awal or the, the Israeli actor being like, well, you, you're diagnosing me with this, but I'm just going to laugh and have, you know, I'm going to treat today like the last day and have a great yeah. time. And, uh, yeah, it's like this. It's like this really extreme ricochet, like a contrast of bouncing off. But like you said at the very beginning of this, people don't need to experience those nope. deepest, darkest depths. But for for you who's been there, and for me who's been there, it's like you're able to package these things up in such a relatable way. So I'm, I'm I, I can hear what you're saying about it's it's we don't have to keep rallying people who. Uh, might be more, might be more resistant and just go where we're going.
1: Yeah. I feel like, I, especially at this that. point, yeah, there's been enough conversation about it. And, and I, th- and it's funny cause I thought about this this morning that I haven't told these things and you've, I've mentioned this to you many times, but in doing so, it actually kind of reflected around me a little bit, even though I had no emotional attachment to it. So even not having emotional attachment to it, it started to reflect around me in my experience just slightly and that just shows the power of 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 things, even stories. And so that's why I didn't tell that story for a long time, because I didn't want to be somebody who overcame something. I didn't want to be like this survivor or whatever, you know? I wanted to be right. I want to be people this people are
0: impressed by that, for but yeah, sure. I see what you're saying. I'm impressed by people who like you all are just someone who's happy all all the time, just happy every day as a choice. Like it doesn't seem like you- This hero that's overcome something, although everybody is in their own way, but that to me is impressive too. Like just because that person is creating that.
1: Yes, and that's why you and I talked about like how is it just to be, to then also share for others in the same way, and we've talked about that a lot. And so that that's why I feel like maybe, and and I was thinking about this this morning before we even had this conversation when I knew I wanted to talk more about manifestation is that maybe now, maybe right now also we. We think we maybe manifest something in this moment, not saying instantly right now like we're talking, but maybe we choose something and then see how then we can manifest before we speak next time.
0: Demonstrate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like I like that idea. Well, you don't drink coffee, so it can't be a free (laughs) coffee.
1: (laughs) Something that's like maybe maybe we do something like we play with getting making it bigger each time. Or okay. m- m- now that you're saying like a free coffee, because I was thinking something bigger, but I mean, <laughs> oh, we get- <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I I like to s- I I I am at that point now in my journey where it's like, well, I I know my power. People don't go grand enough, right? Like yeah. expect the group the greatest, but yeah, starting with a coffee and a swan was more believable for me at the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, people listening could choose something like a coffee or an animal or a flower. But what would you like? We've been talking about the space. Yeah,
1: that's true <laughs>
0: that's just, that would be that would be a quote unquote big thing but it would
1: be it's and the same
0: as a coffee I suppose it is
1: the same and to define that maybe is this space where we've talked about having a um it's like a combination of things uh a cafe like a retreat
0: retreat center but we don't like the word retreat yeah. it's like a retreat sanctuary
1: yeah, but what it really is defined internally in the experience of it because i've talked we've talked about this. Uh, for me i can visualize the experience of it inside like inside this space but i can't visualize where it's at and and we were just talking about this yesterday and for me what i visualize is this cafe that's maybe like a bookstore that has a studio in it for yoga meditation there's a garden in the back i can see people in there you know working on you know their computer but then it's just this, i can feel the environment so potently and it's so peaceful it's so just People just love to just be there in all these different ways, but I can't see where it's at. And when I say where, I mean, I don't even know if it's rural or in a town or in a metro or in in what state or in what country. I can't define that, but I can define the feel within it and what it looks like. And so that's where I've been. Um, So that is a bigger one for sure. Um, and so maybe even just having this conversation right now, I'm giving a little more attention to it. And as you've, we've heard in this episode, the, in, the attention of say, like the street light that mm-hmm. I had with my uncle and my father manifested it two days later. So right. the, and this is, and this is actually bringing up something that I was going to talk about too. And that is giving people other tools besides yoga and meditation about how to manifest as well. And that is feeling in a good state. And then giving your attention to something and just keep your attention on it in like a daydream or a visualization for as long as you can and just keep it there and vibrate there. And then as you do, the longer you do it, the faster it will happen. And this is what we're kind of doing right now in this particular way as well. And this is bigger, but it's also because I know anything is possible. So for me yeah that's kind of what it is and I can feel it and I do feel it all the time. <laughs> and I message you often and I'm like, "Hey, I'm feeling this place, but where is it?"
0: <laughs> I like to visualize things. I am a visual person. Not everybody can they with not everybody apparently can see things in their mind's eye. Yeah. Which I've I've read I've read that people are able to develop that ability. But anyway, like I like to use my senses in meditation when I'm actually being deliberate about a manifestation. Now yeah. it worked for me to just write it. I would write in my journal. I'm going to encounter a swan today. Yeah. I would just write it and then close my journal. And it could be that easy. So I, I could, I might, I'm going to do that. I'm going to write, we found the most perfect sanctuary location and spot or something like that. Yeah. But I also like to visualize myself and hear things. So I could, I, I think today what I will do it's just for 30 seconds, feel myself in maybe a meditation in that building. I'll feel mm-hmm. myself like like I'm there in the sanctuary. I can hear students around. I can hear the coffee behind me. Like I'll, I'll use all my senses to put myself there in my my non-physical being. Right. Like I'll be there. Or maybe I'll be there with you and we'll high five and be like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 perfect. And that implies that it's done. So that's just like another fun way. It's not like a magical thing that writing something is can't do.
1: Right. But that's
0: another thing besides yoga and meditation is I like to visualize and use my senses. If I can't see something, I'll hear it. I'll smell it. I'll touch it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's helpful too, for other people to understand how they might go about doing those things as well, because those processes for me are always kind of changing too, based on what the experience is in the moment. But similar to you, I used to not be able to visualize, And it wasn't until I was meditating a lot that I started to receive visions beyond Mm -hmm. what I've ever experienced that then I was able; it was so much easier for me to visualize. So it's always changing and, you know, depending on what we're developing consciously. And now not only do I, it's now I don't visualize so much. I just feel it. And, And that was nothing I could ever do before, but I'll just sit with, you know, and I might not even be intentional. I'll just sit to feel good sometimes. And then the vision comes in. And then I'm feeling it more than I'm seeing it. And it just feels so good. And I know what it is that I'm feeling because of how it feels. And if somebody can really get to the feeling state, that is the most powerful state. That is the state that really manifests it because then you're already being it. You're already living it. That, and then the longer you can hold that, the quicker it happens. That is at the highest state of manifestation i've experienced the, that just, the
0: feeling state the, the feeling, feeling state, state. is how's that is that is that different from what i described like what do you no, mean
1: by that no you're saying it the like the feeling you, state yeah well you're saying it from the senses which is similar mm-hmm. which is pretty much the same but for me when i say the feeling state it's like when you you're saying you're meditating you're feeling yourself meditating in the space and you know what that feels like so for me same thing. If my eyes are closed, I'm just feeling what it's like to be there and heat, like you're talking about. And then the 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 audible things or the sensory things start to come up after that.
0: Yes, I see. I see. It's like being in the Sims in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> like you build your own sim world in your mind and then it populates with ideas. <laughs> and then the
1: senses reflect that. So it's the feeling of it. And it's that's where I go back to vibration again. And and here's the simplest way of putting it. Say you're you think of a, a place that you were in a past that it's been a while, but then you're like, oh, I remember what that felt like, but you're not thinking about what it smelled like or what it looked like. You feel it first.
0: Yeah. Like your grandma's house or something. There's like a feeling to that.
1: And then you remember the senses, but it's the feeling first.
0: Yes. That was a good point. Like when you think about different people, there's like a, di- a different feeling. When I think about a friend or my parents or someone I've worked with, like there's a certain feeling I definitely get just quickly shifting from person to person. Yeah. Like about my experiences with them. So.
1: And then everything else around that fills in like the senses, yes. the memories. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, I, I love this. I think, I think if anyone listening had something in particular, I like, I personally liked as a beginner, And this whole practice to choose simple things, like not simple. Not that that's not simple. See, I caught myself there. (laughs) (laughs) The sanctuary is just as simple. But like, what do I mean? Believable things like, okay, coffee. okay, a a flower, like a certain flower, a particular one orchid. Like, I'm going to see that. And then it would be so fun to just have it show itself to me. But yeah, I now I realize like, hey, one flower is the same as a bouquet of flowers. Mm. And yeah it's it's all it's all the same
1: it's because in the one thing you said and this is kind of where all i guess i can leave it is that once you get to a certain state it is then it becomes your normal way of being and then yeah, so you, you don't have it, to work anymore yeah but then you don't remember exactly what that progression was like but you do remember this you do remember the situation and so telling that story just kind of like me telling my story uh is that progression and so the swan to the yoga journal cover
0: yeah oh yeah and there's been so many things but yeah i know i can see how that seems like a bigger thing but now i realize and a complicated thing but i realize now that they're just the same and it's like my logical mind that feels like it has to do something and understand something and make it happen and and like monitor it like a scientist and i realize now that i just like i just forgot about it. I forgot about both of those things. And they just delighted me in the best way. And I didn't have to do anything except to focus on it, want it. And that was it, to be honest.
1: And I'll say one thing, because that's the way you just said that was so perfect. The one thing that I think is so helpful for people is that (laughs) it's almost, it's almost like paradoxical, but when you're first there, it's like, okay, I showed myself something But then you want something bigger and then you think you still keep somehow convincing yourself that you have to do more than you really do because it feels like it's bigger. So from going from the swan to a yoga journal cover, it's like, okay, well, I still have to visualize this every day. And it's right because it's it's it's, bigger. Yeah. So it's like if I don't keep visualizing it, it's not going to come because then maybe because it may not come within 24 hours. And they're like, okay, well, I got to keep visualizing this. Otherwise, it's not going to because the universe is going to forget and think I don't want it anymore. But all that's really happening is you're putting in that resistance still because you think you have to do it. And that to me, I think, is huge because I don't hear people talk about that a lot. But it is huge because it's even in the non-physical work, even in the mental work, People still are working too hard.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Especially for certain types, like intense types like you and myself. Yes. Yes. But yeah, that's a great place to. To leave it. And I understand that too. It's really just like, we're not really doing anything where we haven't done. It's like undoing all the ideas about, well, you have to do something to earn something and things. This has to be hard and nothing good comes without struggle. And all those things are just ideas that don't have to be. And then like having to understand every part of the process, like a scientist. And it's just, (laughs) it's like playing Barbies with myself. (laughs) But you know,
1: what's so beautiful about that, that If the desire has been summoned, then the work has already been done. Because if you have the desire, that means you already did the, quote, hard work by experiencing the fact that you even want the desire.
0: See, isn't that just such a wonderful idea? (laughs) Like, I love that. And then it's like whoever around you or whatever around you is the fastest, most effortless way. It comes through that or them. Yes. I love, see, I love those ideas, but these are ideas I, I definitely had to, I was wanting to believe those things and now I do, but it was like, wow, can it really be that easy? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Just training the mind to be like, okay, you can just be easy and we got this. Like, yeah. My grand, my grandfather says that all the time, even though like the subconscious mind is a is a concept. Um, it's not we don't necessarily have to divide ourselves into pieces, but like I like that as a model, like your subconscious mind, he always draws this picture of a giant giant circle and then a tiny teeny tiny circle in the middle and he'll say that's your conscious thinking reasoning mind in the middle and then here's everything you really are aware of and know so that tiny little part of you is like well i'm trying to understand (laughs) i (laughs) want to do something and it's like you really can just chill out you can just really chill out and it's scary it feels scary to be like but anyway that goes back to our last episode of the fear of like what happens if i let go
1: that is so I love that so much, because this to me and all the people I've interacted with, even still to this day, that is to me the biggest key, the biggest key, because it's that control and it goes back to fear. But if you just realize and by showing yourself these things little by little, you realize that you are here to have to be blessed, to, to have fun, to have joy. You wouldn't come here if that wasn't the case. That's the whole programming. The whole programming is that we came here to prove something as opposed to coming here to be joy and be love. That is the big shift. That's the big shift. And then when you realize that everything unfolds and it's just magic because you have that's why even Ramdas would say karma is the mind or karma is the mind. That's it. (laughs) It's that simple. And then we're all just walking each other back to our true selves. He says walking each other home, but still same thing. And so that that's why I mentioned that, because if people can realize that if they've had the desire, you don't really have to do anything beyond that.
0: All you have to
1: do is feel good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So my my example with with Robert Sturman and Yoga Journal is a great example, like of just letting it go and being easy and not thinking about it like I was still taking pictures and enjoying myself and working with great photographers. And it just, yeah, I didn't have to do any work. I didn't lift a finger. I was just available. I just, yeah. I, had, I was, I was present. I knew it was possible. That's the thing I, I didn't. And then I didn't even think about it within those two years. I was just following him. We didn't even interact much. And I did I, it, to, in my mind, I didn't lift a finger. Yeah. It just happened. And he submitted the pictures himself. He yeah. reached out to me. He flew out here. <laughs> like, I it really can be that easy. I I am convinced.
1: Well, I was just going to say, that's the exact same story of the girl, the rainbow and her little yes. uh, her, her daughter's friend. Because yeah, imagine he's if that connected. Was like,
0: yeah. Imagine if it was, I mean, rainbows. I love that. Imagine if you did that for a sanctuary or for money or for anything. And it's like, here, here's a rainbow or your, all your money on over here and over here and over here and yeah. here, here. Now it's being given to you and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all the time, everywhere. I love it. I love this conversation.
1: Me too. And one, one more thing about that is if people stay focused on this and not the how, once they get to the other side, they understand the how, meaning right. the like logical back. mind. Yeah.
0: Mm. Because
1: they're like, well, not everyone. And I talked about that a little bit. But if that, if, the, if you can just suspend that for a little bit. And just let go of that. Then after the fact, then you understand that. Then you realize you don't have to ever know that.
0: Yeah, because your that bigger circle is so much bigger than everything the pinpoint mind can see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That to me is so important in every interaction I've had. And if these were the and I always talk about if, you know, bridging for other people. To me, this this last this end of this is. The biggest nuggets of that. Because if these are the things that I could have understood, say, seven years ago, that would have been so helpful because I still was trying so hard. I still thought I have to envision, envision, or do this, or this, or this, even though I wasn't physically doing anything. And then that's why my story is also the perfect example of letting go, letting go. And so, like I said, the main point is if it's there, the desire is there, it will all of it will manifest. All of it. None of it will not. I have experienced that. I, there's so many stories. At some point, I could tell about every single desire I've ever had. Eventually, manifest. Nothing is ever getting away, ever. <laughs> that's the beauty. That is the beauty. It's just amazing. This life is amazing. That's that's. And how many times do I text you that? <laughs> I say life is beautiful yeah, I love and amazing. That. See,
0: I love this. Is these are really joyous spiritual conversations, <laughs> and I feel like yeah. I feel like who doesn't want to have conversations like this? Like this is so much more fun than talking about doomsday stuff. Yeah. Cause yeah, if, if this is my last day, like I'm going to talk about things like this, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm yeah. going to have a great time. I'm going to laugh and just, yeah, just really choose where my, might... so thank you. This has been an amazing conversation. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, tie this off with, I am pretty sure I was looking up on my phone that manifest means to light, like to shine light really on something. Make something manifest.
1: Well, that makes sense. It's
0: like your, your consciousness shining light on things.
1: Yeah. Manifest. I love that. I was going to search to see if I could see something, but I mean, how much sense does that make when we talk about at the essence of us being light, you know, we're just shining the light on those desires and then becoming those desires. I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm glad you shared that for sure.
0: So maybe, maybe next time we can check in on manifestations. I'll tell you anything else I manifest, you know, like other things in my, my book. And I'd be interested to hear more of this, these esoteric teachings, if I could call them that, like your deeper insights. Yeah. I would really like to have an opportunity to flow that. And then last time we did mention offering a three minute meditation. Mm. So I I think we could do that next time. And I think that would be a great time to do it if you're flowing. Yeah, for sure. Start with start with that. And then, yeah, ask some questions.
1: Yeah, I would love that.
0: I would love that too. And
1: and the thing about the, the more esoteric stuff, when I first was experiencing those, it was more personal, you know, years ago. And then as I kept doing it, it became more collective. And what I mean by that, it was like, and this is a really short version of it. I think I've said this a little bit before, but there's always a collective consciousness. that's unfolding in real time, which is why if I say something right now, let's just say I got to the deepest states that I could and I was translating in some way and speaking, it would still be relative to this moment, not 10 years from now. And so that's really what's happening when I go to those places. I'm seeing what's unfolding in real time and anyone can do that. Anyone can do that. And those are those things that I usually, when I work with people, I'm translating for that individual person and their experience. But when I'm just by myself and it's been a while, it's been months and months since I've done this, because you and I talked about this many, many times. What do I actually, what do I, as Jeffrey, want to do? And that's why I haven't been meditating as much the last three months, because I wanted to be more <laughs> what I always call, quote, human. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what happens in those states is just seeing the collective uh, consciousness in real time. And and that's why I've been there so much in the last few years that I know for certainty that everything is always working out. Always. Because that is the source of it. And, and there's no way anyone could ever convince me otherwise because of the experiences I've had in those states. There's no way. And so, yeah, I, I, if I do that, then that's what it would be. Um, but at the core of all of this is still letting people know that they can do the same thing if they want to always hundred percent. So yeah, who knows? Someone might listen to this in a year and in five years, they've been meditating for 10 hours a day for four years. You know, who knows mm-hmm. what, what comes yeah. from this, but just the fact that people know that what's possible, that is the whole thing. I just want anyone to know that anyone can do anything that I've ever done or that has never even been done yet before. That is really my message always. So. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you.
0: Thank you. Should we tell people about the journals? You mentioned oh, the journals yeah. and we've, we've made so much now for people to find us.
1: Yeah. And you also made so many journal references today, which is funny because a few That's days so ago true. I was asking you about journals and you were saying, Oh, I don't usually use journals, but then in this one you've talked at least like three or four times about using journals. So at That's least you've true. used them it was in the a past. Big, I'm going
0: to do it again. I'm going to do it again.
1: So we have some journals that we uh, have made by, uh, some of our friends Tariq and Yusuf who came to, to our first me treat. And, uh, my intention was to have journals for people in the first one, but it didn't, it was the, that came together so fast and there just wasn't time. So they suggested that they could provide some journals for us. And they actually used, uh, some designs that we had from the first one and they're amazing journals. Actually, I think I brought it in here, or at least I thought I did. And when I first got it, I was like, oh, this is pretty, this is a really nice journal. It's amazing. And I like the design. They made it so they put the logo on there. So great. And I've been carrying it around for a week. And I just, <laughs> I've texted dead uh, the other day. And I was like, I've been carrying this around for like a week. And the longer I carry it around, the more it's just, it just sticks out to me. It's just so beautiful and just so striking. And, and I've made this logo a year and a half ago, and I've had so many people reach out to me and say how magnetic it feels. So it came to me in a meditation and I just made it. Um, but we are going I think to try to maybe sell these as well as have them at our meat treats Mm -hmm. Um, and so we didn't define them we didn't put like these are intention setting journals or these are they're just journals but they have an intention in themselves so they are for whatever is necessary for the person but they're beautiful amazing quality crafted journals and uh, I I think we're going to start putting those on a website for people to buy and um, yes. I just feel yes, like so. they're too beautiful not to.
0: And that's the that's the Yoga Me Treat site, right?
1: Yeah, I think for now we'll do that. And then as things evolve, they may be somewhere else. But for now, we'll put them on the com website.
0: Yeah. So we have a, the website. I do not I didn't know if we had updated everybody on that. So we have the Yoga Me Treats website. We have the Yoga Me Treats Instagram. And we have the Yumiverse podcast on Instagram, too. Right. So people can. You know,
1: contact us in any of those places. Yes. And so much more. So much yes. more coming. So. High five. Yeah, high
0: five. Awesome. <laughs> uh,
1: well, this was the longest one we did, and it was so much fun. It just um, flowed. I loved it. Yeah. We'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Odette. Such a pleasure as always. So much fun. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Number six coming soon. Bye.
0: i welcome Joy.